Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Joker, Watchmen, Game of Thrones, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Far From Home? Yep, that's yep. one. <laughs> the Irishman, Parasite, Succession, Toy Story 4, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu. Those are all of the films and TV that won't be getting any of our awards at the IGN UK Alternative Film and TV Awards. Spoilers. 2019. Well, we... People don't know what has won, Al. There's me. I'm. Uh, that's I'm gonna me. Change, I'm going to change all my awards on the fly right now. <laughs> oh, well, you fucked it then. I'm Simon Cardi mimicking a Joe Scrabble's intro to a podcast and doing it poorly. <laughs> I'm here with Al Simmons. Uh, oh, Alex is uh, sometimes. I'm just going to try and mimic you, but I, I, I can't think of any dreadful puns. It's impossible to mimic me. I am a is unique it? being. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, like Doctor Manhattan. Well, Matt, hello. You, what a Watchman character do you most represent? What I'm, I guess I'm Rorschach? more of a no, definitely not. <laughs> Are you calling me a Nazi? No, no, good no, I'm god. Just calling you, uh... no, I'm definitely a Dandreitberg. <laughs> like I'm just a bit useless. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> who am I to disagree? <laughs> so, wow. Should we get on with some awards? It's been a. I well, we were having this conversation briefly before. I think it's been a very good year for TV and film. I I looked through everything that's coming up. Sorry, that came out. Yeah. And there was a lot, but none of it that really stood out. Really? And that will reflect in the awards right. that I'm about mm-hmm. to go through. Like, yeah, I think Watchmen and Secession were both absolutely yeah. brilliant. I, I've not seen either of those. Oh, okay. I well, don't have HBO. Um, yeah. Like, Parasite and The Irishman are two of the best films I've seen for I years. Think, Joker is also, yeah. I think, very, 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 I feel very, this very year good. has been great, but I think you've had to search in other places. Like, I think generally, like, obviously, I do quite a lot of the film junkets for us, yeah. and quite a lot of those screenings I've been to have been largely sort of just either fine or maybe sometimes even a little underwhelming. I've seen mm. a lot of, lots of six out of tens this year. Exactly. But yeah. when it comes to the, like, you know, Endgame was cracking and, you know, we got all of those bits. But I think the TV side was very much like you had to have... It, you were watching at HBO or you were watching nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really only from Netflix, like a couple of yeah. things I could say were brilliant. Well, this yeah. comes out this Friday 20th. This is the day before all of us have seen Star Wars. Apart from Matt, sorry, last night, but I he's have. given us zero impressions of that. I'm going to pretend I have not seen a yeah. Star Wars. You've also... Good. Do you want to give a very brief... Well, I think we'll go in depth on The Witcher first podcast back in january because mm-hmm. we've got an interview and everything but it is out today yeah and you've watched yeah. it just give us a brief what are you thinking yeah so at this current time because i'm speaking to you from the past yeah. i've only seen the first five episodes because yeah. we're not getting the other ones until later i think it is it's a pretty decent stab at having a go at the witcher but it's got it's got a lot of problems which mm-hmm. prevent it from being like if you think that this could be the game of thrones it's yeah. not at the moment right. it's got elements that could make it but it's it's very much it's a little bit oddly soapy in moments. Okay. It's got some poor dialogue and a very odd construction. But when Henry Cavill's on screen, he is a very good Geralt, right. and he helps carry it through its weaker moments. That's good. We'll go into depth. That you can read all of Matt's reviews on IGN.com. You've re- you're mm-hmm. reviewing the right. whole series. Yeah, a monumental effort. It's been a it big is job. Worth pointing out that these are our alternative awards. Yes, they're alternative. So these aren't necessarily what we think were the best things that happened no. this year. But they're just, we try and be a little bit funny. Sometimes we achieve it. Most of the time we don't. It falls <laughs> flat. Yep. Uh, so get ready for that we, over the next yeah. hour, eh? Let's, with no further ado, let's kick them off. Al. My first award is the Thank God It's Over Award. <laughs> <laughs> and the runner up. Because yeah. I've done runners up, I don't know if Ooh. you guys have, but I have. I have oh, not. I did not know. Uh, goes to Game of Thrones. Okay. And it's not because uh, I wanted it to finish, but I did after this season because yeah. uh, if they'd have kept it going, I think I would have been much happier. Let this, the the whole season eight breathe. Let it go into mm-hmm. season nine. But so much happened in such a short space of time. It just felt like it was a disappointing end to something it. that was 
up till that point. Like it seems to be, incredible. yeah, it's being ignored. I think it was the Golden Globe stuff. They're ignoring it as well, which it wasn't the strongest season of television. There were still good moments, I thought, but it does feel like people are now done a full 180 and now think it's now just like the whole show is tarnished. Like people are going back and no, going, like, no. I'm getting that impression from some people. They're like, oh, that that yeah. viewpoint definitely exists. Yes. I like think the two creators, some people yeah. are like, oh, now they're now just poison. It's like, yeah. They have created one of the most iconic yeah. television series of and all I time. And I would, I'd actually really like to go back and rewatch season eight with my expectations firmly yeah. set where they are now because, yeah. yeah, like some of those scenes were amazing. You know, when the, the, the what episode was it? The, the, I can't even remember the name. Oh, Winterfell, the, the attack yeah. on Winterfell. Yeah, the whole battle. An, inc- an incredible piece of television. Yeah. But just too much happened too quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's not my winner. No. My winner is Avengers Endgame because <laughs> that frankly it felt like I'd finally gotten out of a relationship that lasted 10 years and it was just too needy and it was just like leave me alone I don't want to go and see Ant-Man and the Wasp I just want to have a bit of time away from a Marvel yeah. film and after that I was like thank fuck for that but it was bloody good wasn't it, it was nowhere near as good as Infinity really? War I don't I know so I think Infinity War is the stronger I think Infinity War is stronger but I still think Endgame was very very good I when I finished Infinity War I wanted to go straight back in and watch it again hmm. with Endgame I've never ever wanted really? to watch it I, I've ever. watched it two or three times so I've seen it twice it. yeah Mm-hmm. I and you're, but you're a big Marvel fan. I am, so I would yeah. Kind of yeah. expect that, and like, and it literally, it was like a, a line in the sand. That for me, for Marvel, I'm done mm. now yeah. for a bit. I just need a break from. I those do kind agree. Of it takes a while to get. It is a little bit bloated in the middle. Not necessarily the middle, more the start. I think it takes yeah. a while to get. Once they start doing the actual mission, mm-hmm. there, there might be some people haven't seen it. It's out yeah. now, yeah. So I don't want to ruin mm. it. But, I do uh, admire that it takes. Like its opening is. Is slower, and I like that it takes a little bit of time to like deal with the melancholy of the situation. Mm. Like it's a very sad situation yeah. at the end of um, Infinity War, um, and I think its end point is full of its fan service in the best form. Like it's quite surprising, but it still gets on with doing the big fan moments. Yeah. I think it has got a odd mm. wobbly middle. I do think it's just. Amazing how they have. Yeah, yes. yes. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I do think it's amazing how they have managed to, like, you compare it to Game of Thrones. I think they actually managed to wrap a lot of that stuff up really, really well. Like, the amount of stuff they had to bring together. And I think it's a very, even if, like, there's obviously a lot more Marvel films to come. Yeah. Yeah. But But if it did end there, that would be a satisfying end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Honestly, if there was never another Marvel film, I would feel like I got my fill. Yes, like exactly. honestly, I believe they, they that is a, a lot yeah. into, a, into that. That's that why we did our. We've got the preview of twenty twenty coming next week, mm-hmm. I believe. Like, there's only two Marvel films. Yeah, and one of them's mm-hmm. brand new, like characters we don't really even know yet. So yeah, that's why I'm looking forward and to now a fresh start with all this. Yeah. My yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I want. I don't want the same Marvel films now. Like, I don't actually. I know. New York superheroes are a big part of that universe, but I sort of don't want to see those at least for like eight years well, that's now. It. Just need a breather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that is why we didn't have much of a breather before Spider Man. That was only like a month or two. But I really enjoyed it just because oh. it was fresh and it was not in New York. So mm-hmm. I, I felt the opposite. Really, I, I felt I, I love that. The, film. the fact that Endgame had finished, I was just like, "Sorry, Spider Man, you're done to me." And I really? watched it, but <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I like. I liked. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. didn't like the whole premise of all these silly drones and <laughs> what a boatload of bullshit that was. Yeah, it's that's the problem they're always going to have with that one. I think like coming like what type of scale of event can they do yeah. to m- combat what yeah. has happened? But yeah, I thought it was very very. So there you go. Well but done, Marvel. You're glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go next. My first award. A little bit of a cheeky one. Oh, always cheeky with you, son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most quotable film that technically came out last year, but everyone watched this year. <laughs> I think it came out Boxing Day or around New Year's last time uh, yeah. last year on iPlayer. It is Bros. After the screaming stops. It's a good film. It is yeah. a great documentary, and I still don't know. Like it really. Like this is going to sound disingenuous, but it crosses from being unintentionally hilarious. To actually being in the middle, a little bit heartbreaking. Yeah, oh, there <laughs> were genuine like, moments yeah, of yeah. emotion in there. Yeah, it was just a very good film, and I've got 
about 12 bullet points here from some mm. of the things. I think it, they're almost all Matt mm. Goss, the lead have, singer, who is quite the quite yeah. the human. Before you jump into this, <laughs> yeah. have, have you discussed, because Bross would have come out before I started IGN, yeah. do people know what Bross is? I think we did talk about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. but if you don't know, uh, or if you're new, you should watch this, by the way. I think mm-hmm. it's all on YouTube, but even if it's not on iPlayer, they were, you, you can speak more to this than me, Al. Well, <laughs> they were the a Bross boy phenomenon. <laughs> they pretty much had the, one was or the two. The 80s, songs. it must have been the 80s, yeah. I guess. Late 80s, uh, When I guess. Will I Be Famous? Yeah. The Banger. But what else? That's the only they, thing they're known oh, for. Right? Drop the Boy. <laughs> no, they did that. But they were but, just basically like One Direction, but for a shorter period of time and just and they, so it was the yeah. two of them yeah. Luke and Matt and they then bro- they had a drummer bros. Craig I think that was his name okay who just buggered off didn't <laughs> yeah. do anything but I can never remember which one's which like, uh, who's the one that's Luke performing is, in Vegas Luke the drummer Matt is the singer who's in Vegas right the Goss brothers uh, <laughs> and, and so who was the one that was in Blade and shit like that, that was Matt as well wasn't it no that no, was Luke that's Luke he's because, the one who's yeah he's in Hellboy he is the uh, the elven king in Hellboy. Yeah. Right. But basically, this documentary is charting them making a comeback. I think it was last year or two years ago. Like, they haven't performed together since the 80s, I think. Yeah. And they did a big comeback tour, and lots of middle aged women Ooh. were crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the thing to watch. But basically, it turns out that the lead singer, Matt Goss, is a real life Alan Partridge, yeah. crossed with David Brent, yeah. crossed with. I don't know what he thinks he is. But he's actually very successful in Las Vegas, which is the I really know, weird I thing. Know. He has like a, what do they call it when you have a, a residency yes. in yeah. Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. That's mad to me. But here's some of the things he said. <laughs> These are This is a real person, by the way. This is not a scripted comedy. <laughs> I made a conscious decision because of Stevie Wonder to not be superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day, and fuck me, that's true. But we don't have the time Rome had. <laughs> What does that even mean? How much time did Rome have? This is one of the loves of my life. This is my best friend, Alfie, my bulldog. I had him painted, holding a pint of beer. (laughs) If you had the money he's got and a bulldog called Alfie, you'd probably do the same. Uh, The thing I want to know is how did, you know, the camera crew that are just doing his... They must be going, this is gold. You're just constantly doing this, like, say something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's one I can really relate to. I'm a Londoner. Embankment, Big Ben, cab drivers. That's it. <laughs> that sounds like a tweet from a certain account that we all follow. It really does, doesn't it? Uh, Imagine Embankment being your... Yeah. Like, number there's, one a, thing. there's a nice hotel there. Yeah. Uh, my, here we go. my brother's the left side of me and the right side of me. You know, sometimes he's one or the other. Who knows? <laughs> The letters H-O-M-E are so important because they personify the word home. <laughs> what, what does that one mean? He's, well, I mean, he's not he wrong. how to spell home. Do they personify that? <laughs> no, they spell. Oh, yeah. Spell is not the same as personify. <laughs> Everyone has to be on the same page, otherwise you don't get to turn the page because somebody gets left behind otherwise and then somebody has lost the page of the story, which may be key to the ending. Come on, that is like, that's <laughs> Aristotle. That is, that's amazing. One of my songs is called We're All Kings, which is about a man sweeping the road. He's one of my kings because I'm thankful I don't have to sweep the road. <laughs> <laughs> what a condescending. Uh, that, is, that is a proper Brenton one, that, isn't it? Once bitten, twice shy. 20 times bitten, a little bit shy. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. How many have you got? I've got a few more, All but right. there's some bangers. This is my cave area. I have crystals everywhere. Love a bit of chess. Have a few glasses of scotch. Have a long game of chess. With who? Who's he, who's he friends with? Alfie. Alfie. Alfie the dog holding exactly. a beer. <laughs> I have a rule in my house. You break it, you fix it. But you can break anything you want. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you know you get mottos above yeah. like, when you walk into a house of maybe it says that oh yeah it's like cause if, when I go into my sister's house they've got all that like love laugh right. so yeah. it's like, just that on a plaque above your front <laughs> oh, door oh god four more <laughs> we had one toy that we loved more than anything and that was a dart we didn't have a dart board that went along with it we had a dart <laughs> no wonder they wanted to become famous <laughs> yeah Please, can we start a petition for this ridiculous thing where you can't even play conkers? You have to wear goggles. That is the biggest problem. You can't play conkers in England. <laughs> That's that, the biggest problem. Yeah. I was a rectangle and he was a rectangle, and we made a square <laughs> that became a fortress. 
<laughs> what the fuck is he on about? <laughs> and the last one is a long one, but my word, try and decipher this one. If there was ever 15 one-way streets and one solitary two-way street where me and my brother got to meet in the middle, you helped find that one street. We've met in the middle. Two worlds definitely collided. When two worlds collide, two things happen. Destruction or the genesis of new beginnings and you created water on a new planet. Good. <laughs> this is... Oh. That's deep, isn't it? I, I actually can't. Yeah. work it out and that is probably all from about the first half an hour of that documentary it is <laughs> a very good watch it is um, well, and there are highs and there are lows but everything yeah. it's it's fun all the way it's sad on every meaning of the word yes exactly <laughs> yes. 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 and did I did they actually do it. their com- comeback they, gig I can't remember they did it's yeah. at the end of the documentary right. mm-hmm. they play and there's lots of screaming middle aged women mm. uh, but yeah and now I mean I want to watch it again now. I haven't watched it in about a year. So. What's it called again? Bros. After the screaming stops. <laughs> oh, there you go. Just <laughs> tears. Yeah. Uh, go on, Matthew. Uh, do you want to... So a little story about the Bros documentary. Oh, do it. Um, when I first knew about that, I was in a place that um, didn't have a television license. I thought you said that I was in a dark place. No, I no. was in a place. So, um, so rather than waiting to visit my parents so I could be in a place with television license, I thought, like, I might look elsewhere to try and find the film to watch. I do not recommend searching for a film called After the Screaming Stops on certain other websites. <laughs> what websites were you on? Uh, normal acquiring <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you don't you don't get a lot of good results okay. for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... I, there's a lot of options where that should be going. I don't, I don't want to know any of them. <laughs> Right, my turn <laughs> then. <Good>. Your <laughs> <Good>. turn. <laughs> so my first alternative word award is the uh, insane dedication to the project award. Is this for me? No, oh. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> so this is for Louis Leterrier, who's the uh, the guy that bought the Dark Crystal back. Ah. So Netflix did uh, Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance earlier this year, which is a ten part like prequel to mm. the Jim Henson one. To watch. It's really really good. Uh, but Louis Leterrier is the director. Now, Louis doesn't have a very good record. He's the guy that did The Incredible Hulk. And right. was mm. it the Transporter movies we were looking at the Which other day? Them. Yeah. Um, so he's made some... Some people love that. Oh, I don't think they're particularly great. No. So anyway, I not did not... Not naturally who you'd pick for no, a Dark Crystal series. Not who you'd pick for a sort of child-friendly fantasy, sort of very mm. high fantasy and stuff like that. But the thing is, is like he directed all ten episodes of it, so that's a ten-hour movie wow. that he's put together since with puppets as well. With puppets, and that's the thing is like when you make most movies, like there'll be a combination of on-set and on-location work. You can't do on-location for the Dark Crystal because those locations literally don't exist. Yeah. So you have to build sets. Every single character that's in it has to be built, and he was like directing and producing it, and he did everything like yeah. there is netflix has the documentary like the making of documentary as well as the show and watching that like i can't think of anyone i've seen this year that i know of in terms of like having spoken at junkies or anything like that that has worked harder than that guy to make 10 episodes of inc- genuinely incredible fantasy and once yeah. again you sit next to me every day yeah right? i do sit next yeah. to you every day and i watch you very tapping easy away. decision <laughs> <laughs> So I don't make high fantasy. Why did he do it? Like you've watched the documentary. Would, yeah. did, was he? Did he love the original I so think, much? Yeah, or? yeah. So like, all everybody that was involved in that project is in adoration of it. But yeah, I think his decision was is like to make it consistent and to to develop a feeling of. Obviously, with the Dark Crystal, it has a unified vision because it's just a one-hour film that yep. um, that Henson was very, very dedicated to, and he got a very distinct idea we want. In order to get that across in like a TV show, like if you split it, you'll in, you'll end up having like those little independent sort of director visions within each episode. Yep. Across ten hours, it is purely his vision for that, that world. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like it fits so well and. It also provides, like, as as a standalone project from the Dark Crystal, because it being a prequel, you don't have to have watched the original, and it's one of those where, yes, it calls back to the original, but you can watch it as the first. Right. So you I know don't how- think I've actually seen the film. Right, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. No. Or if I have, it was a very yeah. long time ago. Yeah. So I love that, like, like 
I really like Jim Henson stuff. Like I genuinely yeah. like, like the Muppets, but the Dark Crystal is a really interesting, quite grim sort of story for, especially for children. Yeah, and this like really digs into that. Like it's there are elements of it that are almost Game of Thronesy, just right. obviously without the the blood because it's you know mm. puppets. Um, and I just love the whole idea of it looking at things that were in that original and like expanding it. Like in the the whole idea of the original is there are only basically two survivors of a very very big conflict. Yeah. So in this show, you get to see their entire race and how it's broken down into different tribes and how each of those tribes interact with each other and them having to realize that there's a much larger problem with the Skeksis, which are obviously these horrendous crocodile-like things. Mark Hamill plays one of the main Skeksis and obviously brings... Mm -hmm. His voice talent is incredible. And yet he's slightly jokery in this. It's got that kind of element that he brings to that. But like bringing all that together and knowing that it was basically one person that was at the helm of all that is astonishing. Have they said anything about a second series for that? Or? I think like there's definitely room for it. Like mm. it, when it gets to the end of the story, like you can see where it flows to it must the take next one. So but, long to make though. Yeah, like I think it's been quite a quick process in terms of because I think they started making it in 2017. Right. So realistically, actually, for a show that required completely bespoke sets bespoke characters a completely new way because the way that they used the puppets was sort of similar to how it originally was but they come up with all new techniques how to make them even more realistic on screen i guess a lot has changed yeah absolutely yeah yeah. so there are certain fundamentals that stayed the same like on this podcast a while back we had brian froud on it who was the creature designer and he was like it's surprising how much has stayed the same but actually it's in the performance the way that people puppeteer now is very very different to how they did before Mm. um so you've got all of that and that's been done since i say it was 2017 when they started making it so yes that's quite a long time to make a a film but it's still within the normal realms but it's all the stuff that comes before i think it's like maybe even like going to a decade in terms of all the planning of it and stuff like that so it's a huge undertaking how well it did like if yeah. people would demand if they feel like it needs a second mm-hmm. yeah so like one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it on here is because like I don't very often hear people talk about it and I know that it's kind of it's niche compared to yeah. a Marvel film or stuff like that um, but I think it deserves every single grain of praise it gets I was genuinely really taken by it mm. and you, you play with puppets all day at home so you have a real what do you mean? What? What I've seen you. Mean? He's got he's got a weird collection of puppets. Have, have you not I? seen them? There you have. Don't this lie. is this is he an plays unusual. With puppets yeah. Rainbow you're creating <laughs> your own puppet show called After the Screaming Stops and uploading it. That's the weird stuff. Yeah, you go on dodgy websites yes. looking for stuff that you shouldn't do. Clearly, so, yeah, not sure. <laughs> Al, right, my second award. Uh, this award is called "It's 2019." What's with this delayed release date bullshit? Award. Okay. okay. Uh, and I've got two runners up. Two runners-up. Yes. Wow. Yeah. First runners-up, Parasite. Best film of the year. Not here, it's not. Well, it is for me. Well, you've That's watched a proper it award, by nefarious means, Twice. Simon Cardin. Yeah. Uh, but it's not actually out in no. the UK no. yet. It's been out in America for about a month or two. It's I, been no, I think in, it's been longer been than that. Korea. It's been out in Korea since March. Well, I that think. makes sense. Yeah. It's a yeah. Korean film. So. Yeah. Fair enough, they can have it. <laughs> Why has it taken almost a year to get here, though? Mm. that's the whole point of this award yeah. I don't know and also if it's been out in the US mm. it's been subtitled yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. why oh god it's good second one Jojo Rabbit fuck's sake I really want to see that film yeah, it's that out isn't... on January the 2nd so it doesn't come out until we these awards yeah I haven't seen that yet because it's not out yet no uh, exactly I, I do want to see that I don't think it's they've the done the one they is... did a screening at the I think it was the British Film Awards mm. which was when around when we went to the, see Knives Out they did it at the London Film Festival as well I right think. yeah but uh, like they are you know tiny little elements yes. like it's yeah. not for general public no. the one that gets me is I know it's not because of that, but 1917 is out Christmas Day in America. We have to wait another three weeks Something after. Something like that. Yeah. That's that a ridiculous. British film. <laughs> why? Oh, yeah, I wonder why that is. Do you think this uh, is, you know, especially with that, is that revenge because we've had all these Marvel films a day earlier than the I States? But also, like, it's, what a Christmas film. It's not exactly <laughs> yeah. like the, the uplifting film you want to go and watch, <laughs> is think, it? Isn't it like we don't really do, like, it's a tradition in America you go, like, they release Christmas Day and Boxing Day so films weird. all the time, like don't Christmas they? Christmas Day, halfway through the day. So I'm just going to watch a film yeah. cinema, shall we? So yeah. I used to, for a while, always go and see a film on Boxing Day. because it was feels... A- 
Well, yeah. it was a good excuse to get away from the bit of family Just that you don't want to well, see. you've been indoors all yeah. day the day before. Mm-hmm. You want to get out. Yeah. But you don't actually want to interact with somebody yeah. else, which mm-hmm. is perfect. But what has won your The actual now? winner goes to The Mandalorian. Ah, yes. <laughs> Does because, this apply to all of Disney Plus then? <laughs> well, I guess so. But that's obviously the, the show that... I really wish I'd seen it. I yes. have seen it. But <laughs> it just infuriates me that in this day and age where... Because games used to be the biggest culprit. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it when you know Final Fantasy, whatever came out, and you have to do the translation on mm-hmm. that. That takes a lot of time. But these are available everywhere else, and it's licensing, licensing bullshit. Yeah. And I'm just sick of it. Sick of it. You want everything now. Uh, and actually, I really do enjoy The Mandalorian. I know Dale's quite down on it. And it's it's I've, tapered I've been off up a and little down bit. On it. Yeah. I like the fact it's doing something new in that universe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love the approach. Well, there's a new episode out today as we oh, record shit, it. We there haven't is, seen. Yes. Maybe we should watch that before lunch. I don't think we've got time. Oh, maybe after lunch. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm. So we're not going to spoil it, obviously, because a lot of people won't have seen it yet no. because it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> technically out. But uh, I thought. First episode was good. Yep. I thought two and three were very, very good. Yep. Then I thought four was okay, but I thought five was terrible. Yeah. That's the one with. Uh, What's well, the one before the last one? <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't want to ruin it. It is on a familiar planet. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mind that. Really? I, God, I thought that one was bad. I, I thought it had awful characters in it. Oh, and same for the same with the, episode six. Yes. Like I kind of liked like the annoying premise. Characters yeah, I liked the like... premise that one they set out with, but I didn't like where they went with it. And yeah, all the all the supporting characters were yeah. Like the some of the cut, they've not hired very good actors no. for supporting roles. But yeah. is this like we've got two episodes left now, mm. and of something that was set up in the first episode was like. What's is or is this going to bleed yeah. into season two now? See, because I yeah. love that first like trio of episodes. I yeah. think that's a fantastic opener to it. Uh, like, they actually kind of blended together into one arc, whereas yeah. the rest have all been very like this. Is what we're doing this yeah. week. This is what we're doing this it, week. It is like there's, well, it, there's been no yeah. continuation really at all. Mm. No. It's weird because like each of those first episodes are actually quite standalone in terms of what mando is doing in them yeah. but it's got a really strong joining arc that means yeah. that those three sit together as sort of like the prologue i guess or yeah. chapter one of yeah. his journey and then since then it has very much he's gone more the x-files route of sort of yes. like these are just standalone yeah. there's a, a foe or an antagonist yeah. or some strange situation to I deal have with grown to love the music at first i wasn't really sure it didn't sound very star wars to me but oh now, i really like the music, music. It's one of my it's favorite amazing. bits of I, it I love the yeah. tone of it and yeah then, like, i listen to the music while i'm working yes, now i think too. it's a really yeah. good what track. they do on the end credits for every episode with the concept art of yeah. each episode i love those bits mm-hmm. yeah yeah, more than some of the episodes. But that's it. And like like I said, I was chatting to Dale this morning, and mm-hmm. obviously you've seen The Rise of Star Wars. I have, yeah. I have not. But that's for me, is where Star Wars needs to go next in just that universe, but experimenting with different stuff that's vague, vaguely familiar, but I don't want to yeah. see the same characters anymore. I want that either take it a thousand years before or a thousand years after. Yeah. yeah. Like, just a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Really, long, really long time ago. I want ago. that like. In a galaxy really yeah. far away. <laughs> I really like the, uh, yeah, which Mandalorian gets really well, that dirty used future look. I want yeah. that to be the consistent thread. Mm. And, you know, I sort of then just, there are so many different areas to explore. And, you know, some people, there is, there's always been that argument of like, Jedis are the coolest thing or Jedis are the worst thing about yeah. Star Wars. And yeah. people either like really want bounty hunter stories, which they're obviously getting with the Mandalorian. Well, I think there are so many pockets of interesting stories to tell in that universe yeah. that just don't have anything to do with Luke or Gungan, the Empire. Gungan or... politics. Let's do a whole episode <laughs> like, on that. Like succession that, with the Gungans. Like, again, without spoilers, but it's exploring stuff that we've seen in the films, like the IG droid yeah. and the Jawas. Yeah. And just adding that... like. That's bringing that whole stuff to life and it's just like I actually. don't need another sand planet how many planets in the Star Wars universe are just well they sand? are on the outer rim so you know it's, wow, that's how they represent it I also like the fact that he's a bit shit yeah and like you know like he fucks up all the time and I, mm. I like that yeah um, vulnerable characters yeah mm. good yes what's oh, your second award then Cardi oh a change of tone here uh, mine is for the best performance from someone not called Joaquin Phoenix right <laughs> because I think even say what you will about Joker, his performance in that is astonishing. Exactly, mm-hmm. he's very good. But yes. uh, and he will win pretty much every award going, I think. But mine goes to Adam Driver, not for Star Wars because I haven't seen mm. it, but for Marriage Story. 
because he is phenomenal in that. So I didn't re- even know about this until you mentioned it this yeah, morning. Yeah, it's a film that released in cinemas about a month ago, but then came to Netflix a couple of weeks later, very similar to The Irishman. It's a Netflix film, and it's by Noah Baumbach, who I've never really quite got on. He's like an art, more of an art house director. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's a bit marmite I think. I've what never else quite has he done? What's the... He, all the Greg, what's the really famous Greta Gerwig one? Oh, he's married to Greta yeah, Gerwig, isn't yeah. he? Oh, mm-hmm. what's the what Ladybird? It's no, it's the no. name of it's the name of the character. Do you want I've me gone to... blank. You search that while I'll I search. But anyway, that. Marriage Story is the first of his films I've really loved, yeah. and it's just about it's a two-hour film basically about a divorce. So right. it's Adam Driver and Scott Johansson at the end of a marriage. I can't imagine at home watching a two-hour film about divorce. Really, That's I, I watch that sort of thing all the time. Very sad. Yeah. Well, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's all about the process of their divorce and how they look after their one kid because it's split over. It's got like Annie Hall elements. It's a mm. bit like. Were you thinking of Francis Ha? I am thinking yeah. of Francis Ha. Uh, Not seen is, it. That's his prob- mm. probably his most well known one. Yeah, he's done other stuff like um, he did the Squid and the Whale as well, which if yeah. you're into sort of like your mopey teenager stars, yeah. they were. He does big. mopey quite well. Right. But um, I really like this film. Yeah, it's split over like, it's that thing of. He is like a theatre director in New York and she's an aspiring actress who was in famous films and she, it's that thing of like she has to be in LA sometimes so it's kind of right. split across LA and New York and it's just it's a difficult. really good two-hour-odd two drama. It's just, it's nothing special. There's no twist or turn. It's just a really solid, really good yeah. two-hour drama that's kind of heartbreaking but also really funny, at to- like surprisingly funny. I think people have been miss advertising but people are like oh it's really a tough watch like yeah because blue valentine is the one that i've yeah, seen a exactly. lot of comparison blue to. valentine is have you is... seen blue valentine with ryan gosling and michelle williams no it's like a fucking nuclear that one, detonation yeah, in that your one heart is like, right. yeah that will emotionally destroy you whereas this one is a bit more linear it's a bit more just accepting that these people just aren't in love anymore it's not mm. like but there is a couple of scenes in particular like Alan, Adam Driver is just kind of quietly like great throughout, but then yeah. there's one scene which has now been turned into some sort of internet meme. I don't know if you've seen it. It's just him shouting at Scarlett Johansson, but in that scene, he is absolutely phenomenal. He just erupts, and he's like, his face is just some sort of like snotty, snarling mess. <laughs> right. I do think he's an amazing actor. He yeah, is really an amazing. Like yeah. even I'm didn't really like Girls, the TV show. I watched a few seasons of it. I've never seen it. it. But even in that, he was brilliant. That's um, the first yeah. thing I saw him in, really. And he, he was brilliant in that. And in Silence. Did anyone see Silence? No. Really good. I've I, seen, I watched Black Klansman. I still haven't seen yeah, Black Klansman. I, really good. I love Black Klansman. was my favourite film of that year. Yeah. Was that last, last year? year or the, last year? I really yeah. need to watch that. Um, but yeah. And there's one moment where he sings a song in the film as well. And he can sing. Oh, that's, he walks out of a radio interview recently. Yeah, because, he because hates, apparently he's got, he hates re-watching pho- he's got a phobia yeah, of watching himself, himself perform, yeah. which I can kind of understand. I really hate hearing my own voice. The, the premiere yeah. of Force Awakens. Wow. Well, well mm-hmm. that's it. I hate listening to podcasts yeah, and yeah, exactly. stuff. But yeah, just like if you haven't seen, I feel that's gone under the radar a little. It will get, it's the sort of thing around Oscar time, I think, Christmas, will yeah. swell up. Mm-hmm. And... Because your hands are supposed to be very good. She's also yeah. So that would be my runner-up for that award would be her as well. She's unbelievable in that film as well. Like those two, just because pretty much the whole film is just those two talking to either each other or other people. Laura Dern's quietly funny in it as well. I like Laura Dern a lot. Ray Liotta makes a comeback. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) I do think like. I love the fact that Netflix has got these kind of caliber of movies on Mm -hmm. there. I do think the fanfare around release is a lot smaller. Yeah, when it's that kind of split release, obviously something like The Irishman is a well, it's got rare Scorsese occurrence. behind exactly. it, exactly. But we would have had, well, I, I doubt we even got junket time for this, and no. maybe it's I had no it's offer, not no the right sort of film or whatever. But stuff kind of drops, and that's it. So mm. you know, and that I did going through the list of stuff that came out this year. I was like, shit, I forgot that that came out because it just kind of dropped on Netflix. And if you're there and you see it. And obviously, I get served very different films to my wife and probably what you guys do. Mm-hmm. So you don't always see everything. Well, we know what Matt's being served these days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wasn't searching for it on Netflix. <laughs> I've seen your Pirate Bay is a very different place. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Adam Driver is brilliant. Watch Marriage Story if you haven't. I will, over Christmas, yeah. Good. Right. Something to bring my wife and I together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a divorce film, darling. <laughs> what a Christmas. <laughs> 
Okay, so my second award is the 4.0 GPA award for best school film. So GPA is grade point average for anybody oh. that doesn't know about the American scoring system. Uh, I, mean, I have no idea. I was like, I, you're just speaking words at the minute. I don't know what it all means. And a 4.0 is the highest grade average ah. that you can get in an American school. And so this is actually for two films. So because okay. there have been two films released over here about American schools that have been phenomenal. One is Booksmart and the other is Eighth Grade. Very different films. They are very different films. But yet so similar, Matt. Tell me more. <laughs> I've seen Booksmart. I've not seen Eighth Grade. Right. So Booksmart as everybody on this table knows because we've mm. all watched it is um, sort of like it deals with two girls so you've got Molly and Amy who are incredibly sort of smart and they've done really well at school yeah. but they realise very quickly that they've missed out on all the partying sort of life and I think like Olivia Wilde who's the director so you know previous actor now mm. in the directing sort of space she makes that sort of like adventure to pick up everything you've missed out in your high school life in yeah. one night. Yeah. She gets that like, like it's almost like a weird road trip, but within the space it of is, 12 hours. I would normally say something like this is reductive and it is a little bit, but it is kind of like a female super bad. In essence. I think like, like it's, it's a similar fundamentals premise. are. Yeah. yeah. I think it's substantially I, it's better smarter. than. I, yeah. So I have a real soft spot for Superbad. I still think that film is very funny, but it's definitely far more crude than Booksmart. Yes. Yeah. Like, mm. Booksmart still has some crude humor oh, in it. Yeah. But it's a lot smarter. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like, I think, you know, can't overlook the fact that like all of its writers were women and like the majority yeah. of its production staff were women. Like this is a film by women and you yep. can tell that like they feel authentic because of that but it's just like it it's just genuinely hilarious like it is my favorite comedy film of the year it's yeah. one of my favorite comedies maybe of the decades because right. i'm not I, it takes a lot to make me laugh generally like yeah. i find a lot of films that sort of just smile along with it whereas this you know easily eight or nine times have got a proper like right. laugh out loud it has me. one scene that echoes the pool scene from boogie nights quite well which mm. i love a lot so come remember it's a really good song that plays as she jumps in the pool and the camera yeah. goes underwater mm. it's very similar to boogie mm -hmm. nights and i appreciate any paul thomas anderson reference <laughs> he's um, got a high school film next year yeah yeah. Or the year after, we don't know when it's going. Mm, but also, like, Billy Lord, who plays Gigi in that. So, Billy Lord is. Uh, shit, why Madonna? is. No. no. Why is it. Carrie Not Fisher's Madonna, daughter. Carrie Fisher. no. <laughs> but her Madonna daughter was called has Lord. 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 Yeah. Lord Resort. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But, uh, and obviously, Billy Lord. <laughs> no, no, no. Billy Lord's in Star Wars a little bit. You get to see her occasionally in the background. But, um, like, she. <laughs> Yeah, she's one of um, Leia's, like, sort of assistants, I guess. Oh, I yeah. not even noticed that, right. Oh, no, mm -hmm. as in Leia's daughter is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So not Madonna's. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Madonna's daughter looks like. She's not in any of these films, as far as we're aware. <laughs> but no, her character in Booksmart is amazing, because she's Gigi, who is, like, this... Everybody loves her, and she's clearly, like, one of the most popular kids, but she's bonkers, yes. absolutely yeah. bonkers. And I, there's a little bit of that that links back to... I don't think any of you will have watched Scream Queens, but it was a very short-lived... I think I watched the pilot. I think I watched the first I episode. love Scream Queens. It's just this ridiculous, like... Are you searching for that? <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing your internet history unfold in front of us. What kind of things are you into, Matt? Screaming. Screaming and pain. Having to filter through all of this filth to find my good TV shows. Um, but there's a little bit of a link to her character because she was absolutely crazy in Scream Queens right. um, but that was whereas that was like a tribute to like you know like slasher films like yeah. funny oh, slasher okay. films yeah, yeah, yeah. this obviously is her just being nuts and yeah. very very lovable for it very good character mm -hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum but still a brilliant school film is 8th grade which is Bo Burnham who is like I guess he's one he's of a, Netflix's big stand up comedy yeah he's like goes, a musical comedian isn't he? yeah I think had his start out in YouTube and mm. sort of like has built his career on I have liked bits of his stand-up i think i've watched both despite finding his voice highly irritating yeah see i'm not <laughs> the biggest fan of his comedy be it his like youtube career or sort of yeah. like his stand-up but what he brings to this is he's got obviously a very deep understanding of how social media has affected the life of kids and so eighth grade is about a girl so played by um elsie fisher and i think it's her first role and she's phenomenal in it yeah she, she plays kayla who is this girl that obviously has real deep anxiety. She's, She's in, only 13 as well compared yeah. to Booksmart where they're like 17. Yeah, well, so Booksmart is obviously at the end of your school career yeah. and is realising that you didn't actually have to be a loser to get good grades. You could have had a cool uh, school experience. Just like me. <laughs> 
Whereas Kayla is sort of like, I guess, midway through school and is very, right. you know, having trouble like making friends and getting on with people. Just like me. But, <laughs> but it's how social media has kind of like fucked her life sort of view, really. And she makes all of these YouTube videos about like, if you just be yourself, you'll have a happy and successful life. And it's obviously she's not having a happy and successful right. life despite right, right, this right. thing. Mm. Um, and just sort of like seeing her take steps through life. And the thing that I think sums this film up so well is there's one scene where she goes to she's got like there's a girl in her class and like you know when like you end up going oh go to their house you'll have a lovely time yeah so she goes to a birthday party and it's obviously all of these people that she's not really friends with and they're all having a cool time and she's feeling very anxious about it and they're having yeah. a pool party and it's her going in a swimming costume that doesn't really fit her properly Ooh. And as she walks out, it becomes a horror film. And Anna Meredith, who's the who wrote the score for it, it's almost like it becomes slightly John Carpenter-ish as right. the score like goes full synth and it's very harsh. Yeah. And you're seeing all of these kids doing like dive bombs or like handstands and stuff. But the way it's filmed is they're almost like the thing, like going into horrible right. contorted positions. And it really gets off the whole idea of like, and I sympathise with this because I was an awkward kid. I, well, I was just about to say, those yeah. formative years, I absolutely despised. Yeah. Um, and I'm so pleased that I don't have to go through that anymore. Yeah. Well, this is having to do that, God. but also having Facebook infiltrate oh, your God, life all the like, time. As a parent, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Mm. And like my daughter especially is quite a... Well, the opposite of resilient, basically. <laughs> sure. It's almost hard one. Would you, like, show this film to a 13-year-old girl? Or would you say that it would terrify them? Well, I think, <laughs> I, I think it, it's got a fundamentally sweet message to it. And so, like, it's got her relationship with all of these other teenagers... And, and you know and then people that are older than her come into it and help sort of guide her a little bit because yeah. obviously when by the time you become like 17 18 you're starting to give less of a shit mm. yeah, and exactly. they sort yeah. of help her through the story but it's also the story about her and her single dad and yeah. you know and about like that relationship and about how he can seem quite distant but it's really it's because she's quite distant from him and like as the film goes on and you know those arcs are resolved I think it's genuinely has got a message that yeah. it's a shame because it's a 50 when it came out over here it was a 15 so all these 13 year olds that really right. could do with the message yeah, yeah, yeah. couldn't go and see it yeah. right. but yeah I would you know if I happen to have a 13 year old daughter I would be showing them the film like I think it's got something genuinely good to it's say it's a nice feel good one two punch of marriage story I think just <laughs> but I, if their parents are going through a divorce also show yeah, them this yeah i i really enjoyed it i don't love it quite as much as you did but i think out of those i think i prefer book smart book smart feel one, good i yeah. was very weepy with eighth grade eighth grade's not yeah it's not one year. like i could watch book smart again tomorrow yeah. i think mm -hmm. like eighth grade you're not watching all the time oh, no, you've not. got shit loads of work to do tomorrow so don't what? watch it tomorrow have i we've seen star wars and yeah, then, then you've we're got talking about Star Wars. And oh, we've got God. a load of stuff to do afterwards. Yeah, little that podcast will already be out. You'll have enjoyed our little Star Wars well, podcast. You won't get any of my thoughts. Sorry, no, but I won't no be one around. Wants them? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Your third award my, out. My third and final award, uh, and this is the award for when the entire world is going to shit. These make me feel that actually everything's okay in the world. Oh, is that coming into work every day? Is that it's the just award? everything? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not work. I, I enjoy work. I thought, but there are no, many I thought things... the award was coming into oh, work no. and seeing <laughs> us every day. <laughs> right. So my runner-up is anything with Guy Martin. Are you familiar with Guy Martin? Mm, I feel like I'll recognise once you tell me. He's a motorbike racer yes, I, who is a Yorkshire lad. I do know who that is. And the documentary that he did about the... T was it the race on... Is it the Isle of Man that the they TT. do? Yes, yeah, yeah, that well, was great. He, he's a TT racer. Yeah, mm -hmm. But since then, he's done... He, he basically tries to break speed records. Right. Uh, and he did a whole thing on D-Day and the tanks. It was always from a mechanical point mm -hmm. of view. Okay. So he's like properly into yeah. that kind of stuff. But this year, he has done, uh, he did the world's fastest tractor. Oh, wow. Which That's actually, cool. <laughs> it's really interesting to watch. Uh, Was it a, la la I didn't realize that Lamborghini made loads of tractors. So it's not. Um, <laughs> it is a, uh, I think it's JCB. All right. Um, Good British I'm, brand. I'm not, is it British? No, well, it I, certainly was a yeah. British. Mm -hmm. So if it's an institution, I'm pretty sure it was JCB. Yeah. Anyway. Um, is it big and yellow? Yeah, I think it was, Good. yeah. Good. Um, but, like, the the work that went into changing it was incredible. Mm. He also 
did the Great Escape, which is like, but the actual can you do the motorbike jumps? Oh, right. And he did it That's in exactly cool. the same spot where the film was done cool. with all of the original bits and pieces. Don't spoil um, it. Well, I won't spoil it. <laughs> and then he also did a two-part thing on Japan. And he's, it's just weird having this proper northern guy mm-hmm. yeah. who hasn't changed at all um, just going to do this stuff. And I've seen loads of stuff on Japan and Japan, mm, Japanese yeah. culture, but it's just something he went to places that I've never seen before. Well, see, that was more just Yakuza. a travel show, that one. A, a little bit, but like I don't think he'd ever kind of experienced oh, okay. that part of the world I'm before. I'm interested in that one. Um, and he went to like, you know, underground gambling dens and stuff like that. Yeah. And rather than just like, like yeah. oh, look, there's some funny Japanese yeah. stuff. Mm. And it's just more about him being like, fuck me, this is yeah, that's something more interesting. else I've never There's seen. so many programs you see of people just walking around Japan going, isn't that weird? Yeah. That's, that's not interesting. Well, like, Sue Perkins did one as well, and it was all right. But yeah. I just, I like him because he just doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's on BBC or Channel 4. Channel 4. I think they're pretty much all on all four. Okay. Uh, and I would recommend it, although the ad breaks are painful <laughs> on all A four. solid runner-up, Guy God. Martin. He's used to winning races. not coming Exactly. <laughs> God, that's good, Cardi. I like that. <laughs> but in at number one is Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. I've seen, so my parents watch it all. I've seen bits. I like it. I like Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer a lot. I've just never watched that series. It is like it looks the very most relaxing, relaxing yeah. thing you will ever watch. Yeah. And it is just two guys who are very funny, naturally, yeah. pissing about while fishing. Obviously, fishing is the, the mechanic for making mm-hmm. it happen, but it's secondary to what happens. Is it mm-hmm. almost like their sort of answer to the trip? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Kind of, um, yeah. but, but the trip always felt a little bit fake and manufactured sure. to me, mm-hmm. whereas this is... Uh, Paul Whitehouse is a big fisherman. Yeah, He knows the spots to go, so he's like, right, we're going to go fishing for attention. I oh, know... I know nothing yeah. about fishing. Northumberland. Um, but then uh, it's just them having a laugh. Yeah. And Bob Mortimer is just yeah. so brilliantly funny. Yeah. And it's one of those things that if when I'm, I don't know, 65, however old it is, I hope yeah. I've got a best mate where we can just go and just rip the shit out of each other and <laughs> have fun. So I think they decided to do this after he had his heart operation. Well, both of them were oh, very both, poorly. Yeah. So he, he, I think they both had heart problems. He had, Paul, uh, sorry, Bob Mortimer had a, like heart triple by bypass, a triple high, yeah. heart bypass. I can't remember what uh, he had. Yeah. So part of it is also, you know, they used to love going to the pub together, mm. but now they can only have one pint and they're always watching their food and but actually fish is healthy. And it's yeah. a, that weaves through sure. it, but it's secondary to the just the, the jokes. It's just it's pleasant. therapeutic yeah. and everything is all right. I have a similar thing with that. I <laughs> have a real soft spot for any Rick Stein program. Yeah. So I'll just watch him. Yeah. And that's very therapeutic because he'll just chuckle at fish. <laughs> <laughs> Anything rela- relating to fish is just relaxing, isn't it? Nice. If you say so. Wow. Or, or from my list, just northern men. Northern, any northern. I'll watch any <laughs> ample White House. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Speaking of British television, my award. Best TV show that never had a chance at the IGN Awards because of America. Yes. This time with Alan Partridge. Hey. Is one of the best TV programmes oh, of this good, year. Oh, that's good, isn't it? And I forgot it came out this year. I, just, I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, God, it's good. I, I, I didn't like it when it started, but it really grew on me. Oh, and now, now I rewatch it and think it's brilliant. I do understand Alan Partridge's you either get it or you yeah. don't. And I, I adore it, so... Obviously, I watched I the film, to... which was what is okay. the film is okay. I think it's so... just it overstays its welcome. Yeah, it does. Like um, comedies, like stuff like that. Whenever they make them into films, rarely do they ever really work. I think, but he's back on TV, and he's doing his daytime TV. Uh, no, it's, it's not. Like, it's it's a, the one show. It's the one it's show. Like yeah. Five or six oh, PM. That's on. So I did see it. I did see it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I think this more than even some of his other stuff. Yeah, is a little bit you have to kind of get to grips with it. And yeah. I think the first episode I found hard. Yeah. Second Once you realise what they're like, doing. Okay, right. I know what they're doing now. Brilliant moments in it. Like, it's just, it's just so good how they managed to not necessarily reinvent the character because he's pretty much the same, but the amount of different scenarios they've put him in, like he's hosted documentaries, done radio shows, TV shows, yeah. a sitcom, like reality. Like yeah. it's done everything. And I find all of it just hilarious. Yeah. I think with this one, it's, putting him alongside his co-presenter yeah i can't remember what her name was now uh jenny Gen- yeah jen 
that's i'm yeah. sorry that's really bad <laughs> but that and so like the whole like little story ends are going is that he's replacing someone that's that's ill yeah and then like the worst happens and just all of the the oh, comedy that comes yeah, out of yeah. just it's an awkward time for him to be on that show yeah. and you couldn't have picked a worse presenter amazing like some of my favorite moments are when they have they do a look-alike section at the end of one of the episodes and they bring someone who looks remotely like Daniel Craig yeah. in a tuxedo to talk to him for a bit and then they bring in an Alan Partridge look-alike who's just like an Irish farmer and he just but played by Coogan yeah it's played by him oh, with okay. like yeah and he just looks like yeah he just looks bedraggled really I think I've seen three and episodes and he talks it. about the time like his family realised he looks like Alan Partridge and he just points at a TV and goes who the hell was that <laughs> <laughs> and he realised it was he was looking at himself. It was actually Alan Partridge. Um, wow, and he comes on, and then they sing like an IRA <laughs> song <laughs> live on air at the end of the, <laughs> the program. And they're just sitting, and Daniel Craig look like just sitting there, like what's going on? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, another favourite moment is when they get um, oh, what's the gardener's world man called? Titchmarsh. No. Oh. The tall curly haired one. Oh, I've Monty Don. Monty Don. They get Monty Don. <laughs> Because he's trying to do a program on can you bribe like someone for like advertising on TV. Right. He's like trying to get him to promote. I can't remember if it was a it was like a lawnmower or something similar to a lawnmower. Like, can we pay you a certain amount of money to, to advertise this product right. in your show? And like, uh, he's just done like an undercover filming of a meeting with him. Um, kind of like when they did the fake shake thing. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's like having a meeting with him. Like, we want to like offer you like 10,000 to say some good stuff. And John's like, no, I won't do that. It's against my values. Yeah. And then Potch like, what will it take? What will it take? And he says, what about a billion pounds? And Monty Don goes, well, if you had a billion pounds, I'd, I'd maybe do it. And he just goes, and you just hear the VO coming with, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a small moment, but me and Dale, like that's why whenever we're playing Siege and uh, we're spotting people on drones, you might hear me or Dale just go, I gotcha. <laughs> There you go. I would never um, have realised that. The and third, now I do. the third other moment that sticks in my mind is his uh, toilet routine. See, this is when he's in a public not, toilet. I love this because, like, Partridge is so often about like the lines. The lines are so quotable. Yeah. But this is like real physical comedy. That like his routine of it's difficult to portray it on a yeah. podcast. But he's kind of like explain. using his elbow to do the paper, 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 and a, like, a swivel <laughs> and a squat. And it's, it's so hard. I encourage you. That clip's on YouTube. I yeah. encourage you to watch Alan Partridge's public toilet routine okay. if you haven't. Is it something that you've since employed? I haven't because I'm not like a, ger a germaphobe. And rarely do I actually use a public toilet, really. Really? Yeah, like on a train. I try to avoid train toilets That's at all fair. costs. But what about, you know, out shopping on a Saturday? Uh, really, do I go? go out shopping on a Saturday? Uh, you must have a piercing somewhere other than your home or at work. <laughs> uh, I use them at football stadiums, actually. Okay. I bet yeah. they're gross. Oh, right, the new Spurs stadium is very nice. Mm. What about when you need a shit? Uh, really, like... really, do I do when I'm out and about? Alright, how can you stop it? <laughs> I mean, you just I have just to make... get in a routine where it happens yeah. like first thing in the morning or last so, yeah. thing at night. Okay. John Lewis toilets. Yeah. Always good. you got to know which ones are good, don't exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you want to go high-end like Marks and Spencer's, Waitrose. Well, the Marks and Spencer's one near me, not great. And not also, great. like when you've got kids, you tend to... You tend to get you know. to know the public sure. toilets exceptionally well. And yeah. like when you're walking down the street and you see just the one that's by a car park, and it's like, can I go to the toilet? It's like, fucking no way are we going in there. Yeah. Anyway, Alan Partridge wins because it's just it's just hilarious, and I want more. Can I have a second series, please? <laughs> well, they're doing another series of uh, Mortimer and Whitehouse. So. There we go. Is that on three now? The three. Yeah. Oh, well, there's oh. room for Partridge though. Not on season three, but just has had season two is the winner of my next award, which is the Get to the Fucking Point Award, <laughs> which is for the end of the fucking world season two. Oh. So I didn't even know you'd watch this. Yeah, I've watched yeah. it. So have you? Have, yeah. I haven't yet. I've watched season one and started liking it, but then I didn't really like where it went. Okay. So the reason why I call it a Get to the Fucking Point Award is because it does get to the fucking point very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing I really like about this show is it's made up of eight 20-minute episodes. And that is... God, that's refreshing in an age of yeah. HBO. Well, I mean, HBO aren't the worst the for it. That's why The Mandalorian's good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not loving the episode, it's half an hour and done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I sort of hesitate to think what 
this show would look like if those episodes were longer because it's dark yes like it's you know it's Carter, you'll know roughly what the idea is from having watched season one but obviously yeah. it's about two kids that are well are they about sort of like 16 17 maybe are they a little bit older by season yeah, exactly, two yeah, yeah. Like, but I, that, I can't remember what happens in season one like but they've just finished school haven't they I think. yeah i think so and obviously they get like essentially end up getting wound up in murder it's yeah. uh it's a really dark situation yeah. and Naomi Aki, who's the new character in season two, is arguably even darker. Yeah. She's got a really sort of twisted agenda. And um, like I just think like the way that that show bounds along, some shows would take twice the episodes and those episodes would be an hour long yeah. mm-hmm. to deliver. Like it's so punchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also means that when it gets to deliver some of its punches, there are certain scenes where there's a certain scene in a diner Yep. that stretches it out yeah, 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 and allows yeah. you to really be wrapped up in that plot point. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I, I really think nobody seems to be watching it. I very rarely talk to I'm anybody gonna get, who's I'm going to get around to it. I might even do that this weekend. I mean, you could, I'd watch it's, it in a really day. It's all on it's really all four here, isn't it? It's all it's all come four. To, Has it come to Netflix it, yet? No. I think at the moment, coming, like they've yeah. shifted it up the, like, you know, like the, the rows of shows that are yeah. on Netflix yeah. when you open it. They've definitely shifted it up to, prepare you for yeah, i think it's yeah on two. channel four here in netflix the rest of the world now like if you're in right. america yeah it's just straight to netflix yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah so you can watch it's, it in a it's day it's really worth watching you say it's better than the first series one? i think it is yeah i really because I, I really like bonnie in it who's this new character yeah. mm-hmm. I, like, I think it complements the first yeah. season very well it's nice. very much the same stuff i'd forgotten how harsh i've forgotten the name of the, the girl Alyssa. Fuck me. She is hard work, man. Because obviously it's very, even though like um, it's got the darkness of what I'd associate with like an American show, it's properly British. Yes, exactly. And she's obviously got this really distinct accent. And obviously James is played by the boy that was in Black Mirror. He's the one that gets... He plays like a a weird quivering boy all the time. He's very good at weird quivering (laughs) boy. Um, And he's just, he's even weirder in this one. Like I think his confidence has gone to absolute crap in this one. Mm. And it means that when he gets bursts of thinking that he can do something, he immediately like cocks it up. And there are some really good twisting elements that come out of that. That's it, when when she occasionally breaks her wall and you see the softer side of her it's mm. it's a really yeah. nice you can always do that in one point. sitting as one big old two and a half hour it's really film. good <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get round to it yeah good well that's all our they're all good recommendations they are i think so i mean yeah there's a lot of good other good stuff we didn't talk about but you've probably all heard stuff lots that you of mentioned big... right at the beginning exactly <laughs> and, but you've heard people talk about all that stuff oh yeah and we've got our best of all the official ign awards exactly. are rolling out on the site i believe we, we just speak. announced as we're recording this that watchman won our best tv award yep. mm-hmm. as it should deservedly so i would say as it should i do think succession season two was better as a whole for me but, but they're both hear, very very good programs so i'm not that au fait with watchman mm-hmm. like i've never read the graphic novel i've watched the yeah the film once i'm very intrigued really tell you what happens yeah in it. And you but I heard everyone saying it's like well it, you kind of need to know. The oh, it's, it's a direct universe. sequel to be, the Watchmen comic. I would be intrigued right. to see what I haven't really spoken to anyone who's watched it without knowing the events of the book. If you've seen the film, you won't be completely lost because all I can remember there's is a little the big blue man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might need more than that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would be intrigued to see how much it makes sense not knowing anything. I think the first few episodes would probably be fine because it spends so much like a lot of those episodes are dealing with new characters because it's so the time period has Mm -hmm. gone on for so long but it's in the latter episodes where it starts tying up plot threads that were started in the comic that now influence this you'd be entirely lost without the context of the comic it's it's a bold thing to do yes really brave i admire it yeah admire it a lot i finished it you still watched the last episode i got the last one yeah yeah brilliant maybe i'll try and watch that over christmas and see how i go much enjoy it so yeah well, I hope everyone has. This is our last podcast before Christmas. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. Well, there you go. What, what a Christmas. way to finish out the pre-Christmas period. Yeah. Advent yeah. period. Exactly. You can watch, now I've got recommendations to watch things about divorce, fishing, <laughs> childhood trauma, yeah. uh, more childhood murdering, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rewatch Game of, of Thrones because it's probably not as bad as you remember. Yeah, you could do. <laughs> uh, and everyone, I hope everyone enjoys Star Wars. You know what? I hope everyone enjoys it. But I'm sure they will. Yeah. I'm sure they won't. 
but <laughs> I'm just looking no. forward to the final chapter. Exactly. In the Skywalker I'm looking forward saga. to inevitably crying a few times. Just over Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. This is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.